Welcome to the Fiber for Breakfast podcast, a series that discusses fiber as the critical infrastructure for today's growing broadband needs. Listen in as Gary Bolton, CEO and President of the Fiber Broadband Association, speaks with industry thought leaders and experts about connectivity issues and the impact on the remote workplace. I hope you enjoy today's discussion, which will start momentarily. And remember, subscribe and like this podcast on your favorite platform. Well, good morning, everyone. And welcome to Fiber, the Fiber Broadband Association's Fiber for Breakfast. We're now in our 20th episode of 2023. But before we kick off, I'd like to thank Westco, the platinum sponsor of Fiber Breakfast, and our gold sponsor, Graybar. You know, a lot's happening in D.C. You know, the House has begun its oversight broadband, uh, oversight of the broadband funding programs. You know, there's a lot of concern about the government's ability to spend all the broadband money efficiently. Uh, the the GAO, GAO testified before the Oversight Committee um, on the 10th, urging the FCC to establish metrics to better document uh, effectiveness. And NTI will be before the same committee on the 23rd, so that's next week. Also, the House and Energy Commerce Committee will be holding a markup today focused on 28 permitting bills, um, permitting uh, broadband bills. So it's really important as we go to start deploying um, all the speed money that we want to make sure that we streamline permitting to really accelerate broadband deployment. And the Senate Commerce Committee has created a bipartisan Universal Service Fund Task Force to examine all the USF program and contribution mechanisms. Uh, this was announced at the committee's hearing last week, and it could impact our ongoing support that allows Americans to have access to broadband. So we're really keeping a close eye on this. Also, the Senate Agriculture Committee um, will hold a hearing today on broadband with the eye towards reauthorizing of uh, all farm bill programs. So there's a push to codify the ReConnect program under RUS and a recognition that the program has been successful in bridging the digital divide in rural communities and what, but what could be improved. Also on Monday, the FCC released the first version of the broadband deployment maps as part of the updated national broadband map. Uh, and yesterday, you know, here we are in Austin, Texas. So we held our uh, very successful regional fiber connect workshop here in Austin on the campus of the University of Texas. And we had an amazing line of speakers, including NTIA and the Texas State Broadband Office. You know, Texas is expected to get the largest speed allocation of any state in the nation. Our next regional fiber connection workshop will be in Lake Tahoe, California on June 21st. We hope to see you in the beautiful Squaw Valley Resort as this is an important education event. Also, registration is open for Fiber Connect 23 in Orlando for August 20 to 23rd. This will be the biggest and best fiber broadband event in the world this year with over 4,000 attendees and an amazing program. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. And then after this Fiber for Breakfast morning at 11 a.m. Eastern, we're holding our monthly Where's the Funding webinar program. And this morning's topic is navigating the NTI B letter credit. So if you're concerned about that, you might wanna join us. You can go to our website under events, uh, excuse me, under webinars. Also, please join us tomorrow, Thursday, May 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern for a special webinar unveiling our Workforce Development Guidebook, a guide for states on workforce development for BEAD. And again, you can register on our website under webinars. And that brings us to today's Fire for Breakfast session with uh, Sally Birchfield 
Dottie, the Mississippi State Broadband Director, and Quinn Jordan, the Mississippi Broadband Association, to discuss turning the tide in Mississippi with fiber. Last week on Fiber for Breakfast, we heard from Trent Edwards, the president of Mirror's Broadband Division, on redefining the meaning of P3, people, partnerships, and preparation. Today on Fiber for Breakfast, we have the pleasure of hearing from Sally Bertrandfield Dottie, the Mississippi State Broadband Director, and Quinn Jordan, Executive Director of the Mississippi Broadband Association, discussed turning the tide in Mississippi with fiber. So Sally was named by the Governor Tate Reeves as the first director of the Office of Broadband Expansion and Accessibility of Mississippi, codenamed BEAM, B-E-A-M. The new office serves as a single point of contact for broadband policy, grant funding, and an administration for the state of Mississippi. You know, Sally's an attorney and most recently served as the executive director of the Mississippi Public Utility Staff. Previously, she served three terms in Mississippi, um, the Mississippi Senate, representing Southwest Mississippi, serving as the chair of the Judiciary A and vice chair of finance. Sally grew up in Kaluskusko. Is that how you say that, Sally? Kaluskusko. Okay. Sorry yeah. about that. And lives has lived in Brookhaven for 25 years. She's adjusting life as an empty nester and welcome her first grandchild in November. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Quinn Jordan is executive director of the Mississippi Broadband Association, and he's an accomplished executive with a passion for bridging the digital divide and creating opportunities for all Mississippians. Quinn graduated from Mississippi College with a degree in marketing and management with a breadth of experience in telecommunications, private industry, and local government. Quinn brings a unique perspective to his role as the executive director of the Mississippi Broadband Association. Quinn is dedicated to creating a future where all Mississippians can afford accessibility to the economic broadband services and the opportunity that connect, connectivity provides. So welcome Sally and Quinn and for our audience, please type in your questions and comments as we go, and work them into the Q&A. With that, I will turn things over to Sally and Quinn. Sally, I'll, I'll, get, I'll yield the floor to you. Oh, goodness. Well, first of all, Gary, I'm Sally Doty. I, I got to get that out there. So, grew up in Kosciuszko. My name is Sally Doty. Uh, but I, no problem. Uh, I am the uh, director. Our office has been in existence for about a year now. Uh, we were one of the last broadband offices uh, to be stood up, I believe, in the nation. And, but we've hit the ground running. I've got uh, six state employees. There's six in our office. And then we have two contract employees as well. But of course, we are supported by uh, accounting audit outside folks. Also, we have uh, a mapping contractor. We've used ready.net. Uh, and they're very happy with our results there. Hopefully, we'll talk a little bit about our map. Uh, and then we are also using uh, Bell Labs Consulting for some data modeling. So even though we are a small office, we have a, a great group around us. Let's move through these slides a little bit. Um, keep on going. I think that uh, it's kind of important to know, of course, where you, where you are and where you start. And through our mapping efforts, uh, we believe we have about a, a million three, almost a million four uh, broadband service locations in Mississippi uh, total with about 300,000 that are unserved and 211 that are underserved. 
Now, out of that 300,000 number, you know, that does not take into account some art off locations where there was money awarded, but those build outs have not begun. Um, also, that does not include our, our CPF. Our, we're on the verge of being approved for CPF. We have not been yet. Um, so, so really, once we get some of these other programs, there's some reconnect, pending reconnect applications. You know, once we take those out of the equation, I think our unserved is going to come down to about 225 or so. So we're making great progress in Mississippi. Our, our co-ops have been, our rural electric co-ops have in the past couple of years just a tremendous amount of work. Let me tell you kind of what we're doing. If you'll run through these slides, our office uh, currently is administering a broadband, broadband infrastructure program grant, which is $32.6 million. And we've got projects really all around the state. Uh, then we, as I said, are on the verge of CPF funding. Um, we hear, Bird tells me that it might be in the next week or two, but we've not been sitting around waiting. Of course, we've been um, getting ready for that approval. Uh, we've been involved in a mapping challenge uh, among our providers for the past uh month or so. Uh, I think we got 200,000 challenges in, so it's taken our small group a, a good bit of time to work through those. We still have some in a, a category that we're working on. So we really feel like, though, that that mapping challenge for CPF was our practice run for, for the challenge that we'll have to run over in the fall. So we, we feel good about where we are in Mississippi. Uh, we, uh, we're working hard every day. I'm going to throw it back to Quinn. All right. Well, good deal. As she's um, moved through those slides, I think there's so many opportunities in capital project funds. Sally's office has just um, been instrumental in our state of, of finding the right partners and, and just synergizing efforts in our small team to, to make a big splash, even though she was the last office stood up. So, Sally, thank you for what you're doing. If you'll move into into our slides down, um, moving on down um, to the next slide, please. One more. All right, the four W's of the Mississippi Broadband Association. If you go back there, yeah, thank you. Um, we're a standalone 501c6 association. Um, we were tapped back in December to kind of start this organization and association to, uh, as Sally um, so poignantly puts it, she gets to count beans and I get to have all the fun. And so, um, you know, we we're, we got a lot of stuff going on. And, and so, but we are membership driven and community focused. Um, the mission statement for, for our association is ensure fast, reliable, affordable, and sustainable accessibility to the broadband services and those opportunities that it affords. You know, there's so many gems in the state of Mississippi, and we'll talk about it later, but um, from our rural area that we live and, and, the, and the way we live our life, um, just having that connectivity is going to be a, a tremendous marketing tool for, for our state, um, both both private and both in the private sector and the public sector. Um, the what um, you know of our association, uh, we're we're here to foster an environment of of trust and partnerships amongst our largest and and small ISPs and WIS, um, contractors and professional services suppliers and vendors, 
state and local government. Sally and I have a um, tremendous relationship. Um, even though we're autonomous, we, we make sure that we're um, pulling on the wagon in the same direction and making sure that we're heading in, heading in, a, in an area um, for our state that, that is really impactful. Because again, like her office, our office is very small too. And so we just wanna make sure that what our efforts that we spend, we're, we're doing it together. And then workforce and career tech um, training centers is probably our number two area that we wanna work on along with Sally's office is ensure that we have a workforce that is ready to install and manage these networks um, moving forward over the next um, three to five years. And then our community, our community in the state of Mississippi um, just needs to, we wanna make sure that we're communicating to them the importance of, of high-speed um, data services and, and broadband services and the importance of higher take rates. Um, and so when we go through this slide here, it, it's a it's a pretty long slide, but I'm just going to hit the the high points of it. But when you talk about um, the economic side of 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 why broadband is so important to our state, 14.6 percent of the fourth quarter of 2022 was spent on online um, digital um sales and so it's a tremendous a part of our economy both nationally as well as a, as the state of mississippi but also we have a lot of small businesses in mississippi that impact that online sales and we want to make sure that we're reaching those unique individuals and their products and services and bid for them to be able to market and sell those individuals online but then you have the indirect side of the economic um, impact and it's allowing um, for the retention and growth of our workforce. Um, for so long, Mississippi has been a feeder for other markets because of um, economic economics of, of, of salaries where people can go and make more money in other states. And so we've been losing a lot of our, of our talent um, to other areas. And so with the, the indirect economic impact of, of um, broadband services is gonna be, we're gonna be able to retain those individuals. Therefore, their salaries are, are reinvested back here in Mississippi into their communities. The talent is left here in our communities so they could volunteer in our organizations. And just so the, the indirect to me is almost maybe as important as the direct um, you know, impact of economically. And then socially, the social impact, you know, people are more connected than ever and be able to offer to offer them high speed um, for you be able to stop, for you be able to stop in Winona, Mississippi and and, and get on a um, Zoom call and, and be connected with Gary in Texas is, um, I'm picking on Sally a little bit, she's working on the road and, and just the ability to stop and, and be connected to the world in, in Winona, Mississippi is, um, we've come a long ways, you know, in Mississippi and we've got a long ways to go. Um, and then the entertainment side, as we all know that entertainment is moving from your satellite services to more application-based um, services like your Netflix, your Hulu, and being able to stream those into our, our home. Um, I'll use me for example. Um, we're, we're now officially about two months um, from the first time of ever being able to stream into our home. Um, and we're two miles from Brookhaven, which is a nice size, 30,000 um, community, um, when I say community, as, as a county whole. And so, you know, being able to have those services and then educational impact, I mean, I could go on for days on that, but the, the importance of, of connectivity on education is gonna definitely be 
is that we can allow our students um, access to online educational opportunities that are maybe different because different students learn in different ways, but also a safer environment for our students and our teachers to, to communicate. And then healthcare services, healthcare is going to move more and more towards online services, um, especially in the Mississippi Delta right now, and Sally feels our pain in the Mississippi Delta. We're, we're really struggling with our with our regional hospital in that area right now. They just got funding extended for another year to operate, but had not gotten that. They were planning on having to close their doors in the next six months. So telehealth services and then the hub for nationwide communication. Mississippi's at the crossroad of communication. The north, south, east, west um, main lines run across our nation, intersect in Jackson. We've got the uh, most supercomputers in the nation right here in Mississippi. And so, you know, that is an important um, aspect of, of, of capitalizing and expanding on broadbands. Um, so broadband is a key to Mississippi growth. A connected Mississippi is a better Mississippi. Uh, it's a better way to take advantage of the Mississippi lifestyle. I've mentioned this earlier. We really want to take um, and, and market our broadband services to, and I look out my back door to a 20-acre pasture with a pond and, and you know, just the, the Mississippi dream that we can sell to people um, that want to move out of the major cities and the hustle and bustle and yet still be able to participate nationally and globally um, in a workforce. And it makes it, a connected Mississippi is a better place to work, as I just mentioned, and it's a better place to raise a family. I mean, it's just such wholesome, wholesome values and, and you know, ways for you to to really participate with your kids in a, in a sheltered and a more sheltered environment, I guess you could say. And then a connected Mississippi is a better place for agriculture production. Um, with with smart farming and, and grid farming that we're doing now, we're just able to, to apply fertilizer at a different rate per acre, to spray at a different rate per acre, to be more, to be better stewards of our land. Um, I think the statistics was 10% of, um, of the world fed 90% in the past, meaning 10% of the, of, of the population being farmers. That number has moved down to a lower number to where it's like five or 6% of the world is feeding the rest of the world. And we're doing that because we're more and more efficient and the farming is, 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 is larger. Um, workforce development, the two sides of workforce development and career tech we're working on is generational. And then the current needs, generational is we want to work with, our, we're working with our K-12 um, and, and trying to getting, getting um, more curriculum in the K-12 sector and then moving to the current needs with a, with a strong partnership with our community colleges. Workforce and career tech, um, Mississippi has moved in the last um, several years to five. We're actually better than that in, in our region. We have a strong community college system and Sally and I really want to push that community college system as a way to, to make sure that we're training our people. Upcoming events, we've got a couple of upcoming events to continue this, this ball roll and we had a successful um, seminar summit last week, last Thursday. Sally feels like a month ago. Um, because things happen so quickly, um, but we had over 200 attendees at our summit. We talking about yours, Gary, from NTIA, FCC, um, the USDA. Um, we also had Sally. We had industry leaders, and just had a tremendous momentum um, push for our association. But we have two coming up: one in July, it's ISP and WIS workshop, and then in fall, we'll have a fall vendor showcase and funding um, conference in September. So we definitely encourage you guys to reach out to us. You can go to ms, I mean, www.msba.info 
for our website for more information. So Gary, at this time, I'll throw it back to you. Well, thanks, Quinn. And um, yeah, it was an amazing conference that you guys had in Jackson last week. Um, I really appreciate you having me there. And I was super impressed with all the community colleges, the representation there. That was awesome. Um, so I got a bunch of questions coming in from the audience. And, um, you know, Sally, I'm going to start with you. And so you were talking about mapping. And so one of the questions is, what constitutes a serviceable location? So uh, we're using the uh, Mississippi statutory definition, which is 100 down, 20 up in Mississippi. Great. And then what um, are you going to have maps that are going to be available for the public? Um, we have a map that is up right now on our broadbandms.com. That is the site that we're using to push out to our communities to run speed tests that will log into our state map. Um, and we have the map up right now really for providers. If, if individuals know how to find it, they can get to it. But we're going to push that out um, in the next month or so more for individuals to look at as well um, to make sure that we have the correct information about their location. And so speaking of maps, so, you know, you, you're working with um, ready.net and on your mapping. How, how important is that when you're looking at the FCC maps that's going to come and, you know, with NTIs going to make their allocation? Um, you know, how, how valuable has it been to have your own maps? Well, I think it is so valuable for us to make the decisions. You know, the, the feds are going to make their decision about funding. I don't think I can have a lot of impact on that. But um, as we take that funding, of course, we want to use it in the most economical and efficient way possible because we've got a lot, we've got a lot of certain locations that we've got to reach in Mississippi. So it's been so important for us to be able to see you know, exactly where there is existing funding um, and, and then around the edge of those places where perhaps there's service uh, by an existing provider, perhaps not, you know, often, you know, it's the edges of these areas that are problematic. So um, it's been so helpful for us to have that map. It is extremely nimble. As I said, we've been in the midst of the challenge process already. So it is just getting better and better every day. Um, you know, I did come from the Mississippi Public Utilities staff, and so I had a great relationship with a lot of utilities in our state. And so we have gathered a lot of location data from them. There's some problems on the FCC map with, with a good many of our locations in Mississippi. But we got meter data, residential meter data, and through our relationships with our, our electric co-ops. and, and uh, utilities. And I think I'm just real proud of the work that we've done. Um, in addition, in cooperation with ready.net um, to get this resource that we're going to use throughout the life of this uh, build out process. Well, you know, Quinn, I, I was um, really amazed when I was in Jackson last week of just what a great job that, you know, you and Sally, the relationship you guys have, but also you know, I had Accelerate Mississippi. We had, like you said, the NTIA, the FCC, RUS. I mean, there's all the state um, community colleges there. Uh, how is it that you're able to pull together everybody? It seems like everybody in Mississippi is now growing in the same direction. So tell me a little bit about how this, you know, the Mississippi Broadband Association came together and how you guys are all become an epicenter that, you know, kind of to support Sally. You know, one of the things that I've found, it's easy to tell a good story. 
right? And it's easy to tell, uh, it's easy to bring people together when we have a common goal that where we've struggled together, um, we've seen the needs and the impact of no connectivity in areas across our state to where, I mean, you know, I think you can talk to one out of five people in, in, in Mississippi um, that either has or, or maybe even more, if we look at our numbers, as Sally would show you, you know, two or, two or three out of five that either have or has connectivity issues. And so it's such a relatable topic and it's such a topic that we are able to get on common ground on because what I found is even from the large ISPs to the smaller ISPs to the community colleges to Sally's office is that we all want people served. And so making sure that our fellow Mississippians have connectivity and the services that it affords, I think it's just such an easy task, um, excuse me, an easy topic to get behind. So we know, you know, I know Sally and her team's working hard to get everybody connected. So once we, you have the service available, how are you gonna get people in Mississippi to actually adopt the service? Because, you know, I was in Northwest Louisiana and there's entire parishes where people don't participate in the internet. So given that you haven't had connectivity, you know, what, what's the plan to get everybody actually using this great broadband service? Uh, this is going to be a real challenge, and so my office will also be administering the digital equity grant. Uh, we named it our digital skills and accessibility plan here in Mississippi, and, and that is the real challenge, and that is what I'm talking to community groups about is the importance of tapering so we can support these systems, but also the opportunities that are provided you know, have broadband at your house. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, I've become aware of in my conversations with some different providers is some, perhaps some conflicts between Lifeline services and ACP. Um, apparently, if you get Lifeline data, you are then ineligible for ACP. It's tied to one household. So that is a, a real issue. You know, we don't work anymore with one landline phone at a house, you know. <laughs> Everybody in the house has a phone. Everybody needs a computer. So um, that is, that's something that I really want to talk about uh, with our federal partners and have that discussion as to how those two programs work together. And then we want to come along, Sally, and, and launch our No Family Left Behind um, campaign to where people understand the importance of connectivity, Gary. Um, in the future that most, if not all activities and how your home will be run will be web-based. Um, it may be not be tomorrow, it may be not next month, but it's coming to where the reliability on connectivity is not gonna be an option, it's gonna be a requirement. And to get our people ahead of the curve and to understand that, that that's coming, I think will be instrumental in them budgeting um, for these services and also working with our ISPs to make sure that we have a high-speed affordable option um, that our citizens can take advantage of because it, in Mississippi we have a low per capita income and so we have to recognize that with both balancing um, speed options with uh, affordability. Well as you get everybody connected in Mississippi you know the the economic impact is going to be amazing and uh, you know, not only are you going to be able to keep people to live and stay in Mississippi, but um, I'm sure all these people that are living in these high cost areas and saying, I'd love to live in a place like where Sally and Quinn live and be able to have my high paying Silicon Valley job or wherever they're working. It's a great quality of life. 
There is. All right, well, listen, um, Sally, um, you know, good luck to you on the road and thanks for all your hard work. And Quinn, again, I'm just was blown away. I really appreciate you putting workforce development at the top of the list and getting, you know, rallying all the community colleges. Um, I just, it just looks like that you guys are working hand in hand and everybody in Mississippi is rolling in the same direction. So congratulations on that. Thank you. All right, well, thanks everybody for joining us today. I look forward to getting back together next Wednesday. Our guest is gonna be Mike O'Day, who's the technology guru at Corning to learn about the amazing innovations and advancements in fibers. So you're not gonna to wanna to miss that. Thanks everyone, have a great day and uh, hopefully you guys can join me in a half hour for Where's the Funding? They can learn about the letter of credit with B. So talk to you guys soon.